As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So, Mike, what does IoT, subscription billing, and an undying passion for helping small business all have in common? I'm going to go with season five. That's right. This is easily my favorite season yet. Yeah, I would say the same thing. In fact, we're going to take you, the listener, around the globe. We'll be visiting Buenos Aires, Peru, Panama, Berlin. We'll even cross the Atlantic. Or Pacific. Or Pacific, that's true, to Chennai, India. We'll take you to Boston, New York, and even a small town in British Columbia that's famous for being called a depressing workaday town by Lonely Planet. Really? Seriously. Let me let me find the clip from local Cranbrook TV. The Lonely Planet Guide has spent several editions dissing Cranbrook, calling it a dusty crossroads, a charmless strip of motels, depressingly workaday town, and residents are fed. But 
when we were there, we saw something much different. You see, for the last two months, we've been busy profiling three companies, going behind the scenes to the company retreats, listening in on product conversations, board meetings, following them through disagreements, watching them leave their family and loved ones as they venture out on long business trips, and, and everything in between that comes up while trying to build a successful product and company in this day and age. And didn't you follow Kevin Rose for a bit too? Well, not exactly, but we did sit in on an entire design sprint for one of his apps, Zero. That's the fasting app, right? Yes, exactly. We got to sit in on an entire design sprint they did with the design agency, AJ Smart, to plan the next version of the app. And we're going to bring you that sprint day by day in just a couple weeks. So you mentioned three companies. Three companies, three incredible people, three roller coasters of highs and lows of the course of two months. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So the first company we'll introduce to you today is Auth0, the universal authentication and authorization platform. Now, we first met up with them on their yearly company retreat. 350 people converging on a small town in Panama. What could go wrong? some karaoke between friends, right? Seriously. What's your karaoke go-to? Oh, it has always been Sweet Home Alabama by the good old Leonard Skinner. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> so you could tell at the offsite, there's a lot of fun for the team and especially the VP of growth, Martin Gontanikas, aka Gunto. I like that nickname. He grew up in Buenos Aires with a tight-knit family. They're actually one of the reasons he splits his time between Buenos Aires and Seattle, where the company is officially headquartered. But about that nickname, it's actually the nickname for everyone in his family. So if you go over to his house, his father, his uncle, everyone is called Gunto. But it wasn't until high school that he actually adopted the nickname. In my case, everybody was calling me Martin until... Um, if, when I was in primary school, everybody was like bullying me or being fat or something like that. And then when I changed to high school, I thought that that's a good um, moment to reinvent yourself. So as part of reinventing myself, I thought, what if I'm Gonto now instead of Martin? So I started presenting myself from Gonto since then. So he still lives in Argentina? Yeah, and he travels once every two weeks about. Uh, but he really loves Argentina. The people, the culture, it's all really important to him. Now, we should understand a bit about what's happening in Argentina at this time. Now, Argentina has been fraught by a succession of corruption scandals. He was arrested early in the morning. Argentina's former vice president, Amado Vudú, was taken away by the police at an upscale neighborhood. Its peso has declined in value so much that there's a black market for its own currency, and citizens aren't even allowed to buy U.S. dollars for savings. It's never been easy in Argentina. From 1944 to 2013, inflation in the country averaged 205%, hitting a whopping 20,000% in 1990 when the prices in supermarkets doubled every day. All of this, regardless, it doesn't seem to bother him. All the corruption, the chaos, it's still his home. I think it's mainly because I honestly love it living in Argentina. I have like most of my friends in here, my family, and I go out almost every day. And I love my job and I work a lot of hours. But I do think that sometimes what is outside of your work is also very important. And from the other places that I've been, there are like two things that I don't particularly like. One is 
in a lot of places, there's not that much like a spontaneous, I don't even know the word in English. Like people are not, yeah, that people are not that spontaneous. <laughs> so I, I want to go out with friends, like drink every year. I send them a message and then I just go out. Like yeah. when I was in San Francisco, I needed to plan three weeks ahead to go out with friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I, I personally don't like that much. And then the other thing is that I feel that in a lot of societies, people value for what you do and not for who you are. So before he was the VP of growth at Auth0, he worked as both a developer and sort of an accidental marketer. He built a framework called REST Angular, which was a very popular open source project that was used by CNN and Fox. And he realized that he was having more fun making it popular and marketing it than he was actually developing it. But then something happened. Yeah. So he was happy building these courses, booking some speaking gigs, working about honestly three days per month in Argentina. And and he was enjoying hanging out with his girlfriend at the time. Three days a month. Can you imagine that? But after three years in a relationship, that relationship ended. And he found himself looking for a change. So we actually interviewed at Auth0 as a software developer for a software development position. But in the middle of the interview process, he had this revelation, right? It just started to to hit him. And it started off as so many good revelations do with a late night existential career crisis. And I sure have had my share of those. Haven't we all? So he's questioning the future of his work as a software developer. And through his searching, he came across the work of James Ward, who was the developer evangelist for Scala at the time. Hi, I'm James Ward. So I've been an evangelist for almost 10 years, and I've done a lot of things wrong in those 10 years. So, so uh, he wanted to become this. a developer evangelist? At first, he didn't even know what a developer evangelist did, but he was so intrigued by James, he started researching what was involved in the role. Once he figured out that it combined his love for promotion and software, he decided to change career trajectories. Which, by the way, is no small feat. No, not, especially when you're in the middle of an interview process, right? But there's little about Gunto that that really is ordinary, I would say. He convinced Auth0 to bring him on as a developer evangelist, a role he had never held, and he had honestly just learned even existed. So he was just the eighth hire. And now they have 350 employees. Wow. And in that time, he's moved up as the company grew. And he now has a girlfriend again. <laughs> but I bet he's working more than three days a month, isn't he? He's working around the clock, managing a 47-person distributed growth team with time zones stretching across the globe, plus traveling for a couple weeks a month. This can put some strain on a relationship. So my girlfriend always gets pissed off. So this was just one more time that she gets pissed off and... Because I'm always traveling and she misses me and I, I miss her too, but it's my work, basically. And sometimes something that happens to me is that she doesn't get it. And the other thing is that, for example, I go to a conference and I meet a lot of people in the conference and I'm doing business with them. So, for example, I found one that's going to be our partner in Latin America. And doing business means sometimes I go drinking or eating and I upload Instagram stories of the food that I'm eating. And my girlfriend is like, fuck you, you're eating food, you're drinking out, you're having fun. Eh? And you say that you're working. <laughs> 
So in this season, we're going to learn how his team fared after the offsite, what benefit or detriment or detriment it had on their productivity and follow along as he balances work, life, family, and probably a very patient girlfriend. Brussels, Sterling. Okay. I'd rather have you here rather than eating chocolate. <laughs> and you would think that we could have stopped there, but we didn't. We'll be right back with more after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. Com. That's business.att.com. Next, we're taking you to meet Karish, the CEO of Chargebee. For that, we're traveling to Chennai, India, the sweltering oceanfront town on the southeast coast. And many of our listeners might not know, but Chennai has three seasons. We only have three seasons, hot, hotter, hottest, and then there's monsoon. <laughs> hot, hotter, and hottest. And while the rest of India speaks Hindi, in Chennai, they speak Tamil. Uh, we speak a language called Tamil. Generally, people tend to think it's all Hindi. But Hindi, even though it's spoken widely, 40% of the, the country speaks Hindi. But in Chennai, we, uh, in Tamil Nadu, state of Tamil Nadu, we speak this language called Tamil, which is a 3,000 or 5,000 year old history to that language. Chennai is, is not the tech capital of India. That would be Bangalore. What Bangalore is to San Francisco, Chennai would be to Los Angeles, burgeoning but not yet saturated with talent. The, the I think you most of the folks also know about Bangalore and its amazing weather. So uh, we have this joke that if you want to hire people, uh, get people to move to Chennai, hire them during the December, January, and February months of Chennai when it's most at its pleasant. So the joke is when they are interviewing someone from outside of Chennai, they try to interview them during those two months so that they see the beautiful weather and not the monsoon season. Krish, the CEO of Chargebee, a subscription billing platform, started Chargebee in one of their co-founders' sweltering studio apartments. Off, it was uh, four of us founders, all of us software engineers. And uh, we had this apartment we had rented for, and uh, my co-founder was living there for about seven, eight years. Um, and we... When we decided to start up, we just took that apartment, put a... And so what they did was they took this studio apartment and they put a screen put a right screen down the middle. So there was the bedroom and then the, the office. And then said, okay, so this side is your home, this side is the office, and then we put some four tables, got our laptops. And they set up everything else in the cloud, so they were good to go. So we had to put a, an air conditioner in that room and uh, a fan uh, and some backup gen uh, electricity. And then because there was so many of them working in the studio apartment, they had to set up backup generators because the power would go out often, which is obviously a huge problem. What I love about Krish, while many people in early startups were strategically vying for position, Krish didn't even want to be the CEO. In fact, no one on his team did. It wasn't until they went out to raise money that it begrudgingly took the title. I still remember the first investor meeting where I went in because simply because I was a guy who had taken up everything 
that is not technology so related. So at one point he finds himself in a meeting with investors because he was kind of the guy that did everything, kind of like the CEO. But he had never actually owned the title. They asked, okay, so who is the CEO? And then I was like, uh, we haven't talked about it, right? And I was they hadn't talked about it because no one actually wanted to, say, to do it. And he didn't want to say, I'm not the CEO, because then who's he going to call? Who do I send? <laughs> and there are two things about Krish to know. He loves to travel and he loves his customers. And his, his family, right? He is the happiest when he's combining all of these. He's on the road for about a month, a quarter. And to him, there's no better way to understand your customers than to experience life the way that they do. Or the need to actually um, do that comes from trying to understand the context of our customers' world. Now, we've covered jobs to be done, continuous discovery, but Krish's philosophy takes these to a whole new level. Now, he wants to understand who his customers are, but on a level that goes beyond his software. He wants to understand where they come from, what it's like waking up in their city every day, he wants to understand their culture, their passions. So he continually seeks out these opportunities to spend time in different parts of the world, exploring the lives of the people that use and rely on ChargeBay. So we're going to be following along with Krish as he travels to New York, San Francisco, hosting customer dinners and face-to-face meetings, and then brings home the lessons that he learns to the team in Chennai. Stay tuned. After the break, we'll introduce you to Lee Tengum from Cranbrook, British Columbia, who will be following in this season. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now, back to the show. We've already covered multiple continents. But we still have one more story to bring everyone, and that's the story of Lee Tangram. While Lee may be the smallest team of the bunch, his story and his passion really hit close to home. Literally, some would say. Lee is a successful entrepreneur with two exits under his belt. Right before selling his last company, he had a revelation, a revelation that the company he built had literally burned him out. I was sitting on the beach, staring, staring out at the ocean with my laptop. And all I was thinking about was, I really wish there would be some clouds so I could work. And it was like the most perfect place to be. And all I wanted was clouds so I could work. And that's when I realized that I was far more burnt out than I thought. He was waking up every single day, working just to keep the lights on. But he felt more like a trapped hamster on a wheel than an entrepreneur who actually owned his time. I was capped with the amount of time that I was putting into the other aspect of the app and the amount of time that I wanted to devote towards my family. And I couldn't have any more time because I needed to put this effort into the app and into marketing. So I, I had I'd reached equilibrium, if you will, of work and family life, but neither of them were at a happy ratio. I didn't, I didn't like either of them. This pushed Lee to want to solve that problem for other small businesses. And we hear the term small business a lot, but when Lee talks about small business, he's talking about small businesses in his hometown of Cranbrook, British Columbia. Businesses that, for better or worse, they don't have the means to develop the software that they need to grow. And he's not against making a profit, but he's definitely people first and Cranbrook first at that. And Cranbrook's a pretty interesting place. It's a place that a lot of people listening, they might be able to relate to. And it's home to about 20,000 people. It's in what's known as the Rocky Mountain Trench with the Rockies to the east and the Purcell Mountains to the west. When you enter Cranbrook, the first thing you notice is that there's one main drag with banks and fast food chains dotting it. It's a cute strip of shops that looks a lot like many of the small towns in North America. 
In the middle of that strip is a co-working spot Lee started for local entrepreneurs, the Cranbrook Workspace. And when we first joined Lee, it's on his way to the office at 5 a.m. He's usually the first customer at the McDonald's drive-thru. Hey, Marie, how may I help you? Good morning. Can I get an extra large black coffee and a fruit I and fiber? Can I get an extra large black coffee and a fruit and fiber muffin, please? Is there anything else, sir? No, that's it. Thanks so much. So Lee is in the office by 5 a.m., and he's out by 10 a.m. every day. He spends the rest of his day hanging out with his family, helping his wife with her successful Etsy business, selling vintage teacups. And Lee is a stickler for this schedule, so much so that people around town actually started to worry about him. I, uh, I was on Facebook one day, and a friend messaged me and was all, hey, man, I don't know if you're... Uh, interested or not but West Clean's hiring it's a local cleaning company and I said you know okay and he's like well you might just want to drop a resume off there they're you know they're actively hiring and I said why would I want to do that well I always see out and about and I just thought that you're having a tough time finding a job and I was just had to inform them that I wasn't unemployed I just was done work by nine o'clock in the morning which is why they always saw me out and about with my wife or out of the mall. When we caught up with Lee, he was just kicking off a new project, an app that would help local businesses promote themselves. His plan is to build that app in the next 30 days while testing his assumptions with customers. Lee kicks off this new project like a lot of us kick off a new project. Build first, test later. I really should do it earlier. I I have enough people have said that this is definitely something they would use and the initial idea that I threw past them, they're on board for. What I don't have though so is So over the next couple values. months we're gonna follow Lee as he builds, tests, and iterates on this new app idea. And I bet that we're gonna see some pivots along the way. I think it would be weird if we didn't see some pivots. After all, how many great companies were built without a pivot or two in their early days? Plus it just, you know, makes for great radio, right? <laughs> I'm not giving anything away, but stay tuned as we go behind the scenes and follow Gunto, Krish, and Lee on their journey for the next two months. We're going to take you behind the scenes, product conversations, real life conversations, the works. Tune in next week where we're going to join Gunto at their yearly offsite where Auth0 spends $2.5 million to bring all 350 employees together in a small town in Panama. And what could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? Tune in next week to find out. Thanks so much for tuning in to Season 5 of Rocketship.fm. For the next couple of months, we're going to be taking you deep into these stories and we're incredibly excited to do that for you we're also proud to now be part of the podglomerate network so if you'd like to check out more great podglomerate shows go to thepodglomerate.com and man there's a ton so if you like what you hear leave us a review we always love it and we'll see you back here next week